Hello. Good evening. And welcome to Gray Matters. My name is Jim Dwyer, and apparently uh, we are on the air and rolling. It's the last day of the interim scheduling period known to uh, staff members and longtime listeners as Open Sign Up here at WCBN. Our new uh, winter schedule will be uh, released to the staff tonight, and so stay tuned for all sorts of information throughout the week about uh, when your favorite DJs can be found. Of course, some programs will remain in the same well-known and comfortable time slots. Others uh, will be shifting around a little bit, and there will also be some brand-new programs as uh, new university students here at the University of Michigan get involved in the wonderful enterprise that is student radio. One of the uh, last real avenues uh, remaining of uh, access to uh, the media outside of the uh, dubious cage that uh, I like to denounce the web as being with all the appearances of... uh, its openness, and with so many very serious limitations. Uh, well, this is Jim Dwyer here, if I haven't already said that, and uh, Dick Whaley has just joined us here in the studio. It's a little bit of a rough start here to the program today, but here we are nonetheless, ready to bring you another week's edition of Gray Matters. Yes, indeedy. I was uh, down the hall. I heard there was an open sign-up situation, and I was just sort of recovering from the... Uh Runny nose problem that you sometimes get in the winter when you walk too fast in this cold weather. Yeah, it's pretty cold out tonight, and uh, we'll remain so for the uh, duration of the week. A lot of colds going around, yeah. too. So, uh, Tra- Travel season in a city like Ann Arbor where people have been traveling all over the globe, literally, yep. uh, for vacation certainly contributes to uh, those sorts of problems. Well, and it's always important to uh, get well-rested and hydrated, too, even though uh, you don't think of hydration so much in the winter months uh, because the you're not so hot, but uh, easy to get sick this uh, time of year uh, for those same reasons. Yes, and quite an eventful week with, uh, obviously, the aftermath of the Tucson shootings, but also international uh, stories galore. Yeah, including major shakeups in the and really in the entire Middle East. Yep, uh, a secession vote in Sudan, um, street protests in Tunisia, causing the president of that nation to flee. Yeah, and he'd been in charge what about twenty four years? Yeah, since the eighties, uh, late eighties, I think. Tunisia, one of those uh, more westernized uh, Arab countries, uh, without the sort of uh, radical. Uh, Muslim insurgency problem, um, but of course, well, <laughs> under control of a dictator. Yeah, of and with the same problems that uh, a, a lot of countries are facing with soaring food prices, extensive joblessness, widening gap between rich and poor. These are all a factor in what's going on in Tunisia, and it's really just a matter of time before we see what implications this uh, will have for other 
countries such as Egypt, particularly, yeah. uh, which has all of these economic and social problems. Uh, generally speaking, throughout the Middle East, uh, the region has an unusual demographic in that more than 60% of the population is under 25. And, of course, there's all sorts of uh, anxiety and anticipation amongst that age group for where are my jobs, where is my opportunity to get a house, have a family, etc., and uh, when the gov- uh, governments don't deliver, the people often take to the streets. Uh, this is particularly uh, pressing in Egypt because there's been a family dictatorship there for 30-odd years. Um, lots of uh, economic problems, and it looks like Mubarak is positioning his son to simply inherit the family enterprise. Yeah, and of course Lebanon, uh, their government, which is always uh, historically weak, Seems to be in disarray yet again. Uh, interesting comments, by the way. Uh, last night on BBC from both Juan Cole, uh, here from the University of Michigan, talking about the situation in, in Tunisia, and Rami Khoury, based in Beirut, talking about the ongoing weakness of the Lebanese government and uh, the, the regional role, of course, that Hezbollah and Syria play in that. The Sudan, obviously, has been beleaguered by civil wars over the past uh, 20 years uh, between uh, the north and the south, and uh, secession seems to possibly be the peaceful uh, transitional answer to this problem. Uh, That's fascinating in and of itself. Of course, what they're going to do about the oil, not that it's a huge uh, factor in uh, global oil supplies, but certainly underscores the uh, continuing role of China, which is gobbling up natural resources around the globe. And I mentioned China because later this week there's going to be a state dinner and summit here in the United States uh, with Hun uh, Jintao and uh, uh, Barack Obama, of course. Of course, China has recently uh, increased its military spending, uh, been involved in some military games, And in a fairly recent issue of The Nation magazine, December 27th, their Dare to End the War on Drugs special issue, there's a book review uh, by Richard McGregor of a very interesting title, uh, As China Goes, So Goes the World, How Chinese Consumers Are Transforming Everything, uh, by Carl Gerth, published by Helen Wang. This sounds like a really interesting book. And, uh, of course, what this review uh, reveals is some interesting ways in which the... uh, Rise of the Chinese consumer has indeed made a major impact on the way uh, corporations deal product. The lack of uh, civil liberties in China, notwithstanding, uh, consumer power has grown exponentially there. Yeah, and... A bit of a disconnect there between those two concepts. China is going to be obviously more and more important uh, in terms of... uh, future relations with the United States. It's interesting that a poll uh, recently came out in which the Chinese people suggested that there had been a uh, big deterioration in American-Chinese relations in the past year. I don't think it's been that big. I think there's been some typical political posturing in which the United States is, for all intents and purposes, blaming uh, China uh, in the blame game for problems of our own creation and our own making and our we need to look in the mirror and i I think that the blame game of course is 
was all too prevalent last week uh, involving events here at home. Uh, one other surreal thing is the return of baby Doc to uh, Haiti. <laughs> this is surreal. Uh, he flew into Haiti last night from France uh, offering to assist with the uh, devastation of you know, the aftermath of the one-year anniversary of the Haitian earthquake. That, <laughs> Lord uh, knows the man has the cash. <laughs> has the cash, has the stash. And, of course, the United States uh, assisted him out of the country. Uh, Long-time family dictatorship down there in uh, that beleaguered, besieged island. Uh, important to realize that... Uh, you know, to get a perspective on the death toll from the from the Haitian earthquake, we are talking about two hundred and fifty thousand just from the earthquake. Yeah. And uh, we saw in recent months that there's been a cholera outbreak there. The situation is uh, beyond uh, comprehension. Uh, this is uh, you know, a country of about eight million people. So if you put that in. With about enough resources for maybe uh, a million and a half. Yeah, and if you sort of loosely put that in American perspective, it would be the equivalent of about 10 million Americans dying uh, in a uh, natural disaster here at home. Um, not 9-11, 10 million people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and incredible. And uh wanted to give a brain damage award out to uh, Fox News for defending Sarah Palin all week. Uh, they have made this big... We are the victim of liberal attacks on us. Um, Bill O'Reilly even called out the New York Times <laughs> for uh, promoting hate speech or something or other. Uh, th- th- this is bordering on the, on the bizarre. It was a fantastic week for Barack Obama and a pretty bad one for Sarah Palin. Uh, if Jan Brewer, who uh, falsely alleged headless bodies in the desert during the uh, ugly campaign regarding immigration. Uh, it needs to look for headless bodies. I would look at uh, Sarah Palin and her speechwriters. Um, that video was outrageous, uh, and I'm going to speak in very strong terms about it. Sarah Palin seems to believe that she can deal with her political past, which is uh, sordid in and of itself. I mean... And sketchy. Sketchy. Uh, this is this is this reality concept that she has about being a, a candidate. The video was appalling. It was full of ignorant ignorance, uh, blithely defensive, at the, and at the same time assertive, with just strange and stranger references to guns. I mean, <laughs> I think I counted. I didn't even see the eight minutes. I only saw a couple of excerpts, and there must have been four or five references to arming. You know, when we go to the ballot box, we arm ourselves and talked about dueling with pistols. And, of course, the blood libel reference, uh, that's been criticized by the mainstream media so extensively that I don't even need think that we need to go into it other, other than to perhaps explain it a little bit. But it's uh, r- remarkable uh, that she, in, the, in, in a week uh, such as last, would come out with a videotape uh, defending her her conduct, because her conduct is indefensible. It's been indefensible. In no way, shape, or form uh, does it have anything to do with any causation regarding motive. We don't know what the motive is. Nobody's going to know what the motive is. Obviously, this guy's troubled. We talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, If you'll recall, I 
purposely did not mention uh, James Earl Ray. I did mention Lee Harvey Oswald, Arthur Bremer, John Hinckley, and Mark Chapman. Mm -hmm. And uh, two of those uh, assassins were seeking notoriety, celebrity. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, both 60 Minutes and uh, NPR on Friday did very interesting uh, historical um, stories on how the Secret Service studies political assassins and their their motives. Most of them are, as we put it <coughs> last week, alienated, lonely people who uh, have come to dead ends in their lives and are seeking some sort of psychological attention. They're troubled, but not necessarily insane. And I make this distinction because I don't believe that this person was insane. I believe that he was troubled, but knew what he was doing. It's interesting, by the way, that he is, uh, the FBI is seeking his uh, web game records on a site called hmm. Earth Empires. Um, the administrator was contacted, and I'm reporting from the Wall Street Journal here, uh, which requested files including 131 messages that Mr. Loftner wrote. Oh. Loftner is accused, blah, blah, blah. Um, the postings, a sampling of which appeared in the Wall Street Journal on Wednesday, are from a, an online forum in which roughly 50 uh, gamers banter with each other about the game, life, and other topics. This, of course, is the modern um, false equivalency that we have for going bowling or... Uh, going down to the pub and having right. beers with our buddies or maybe going to a sporting event or whatever. It seems like socializing. Yeah, seems like it. And it isn't. And it's very troubling that our mainstream media and, and particularly corporate media is promoting this as some sort of valid substitute for um, social interaction, social websites. This is the new the new wave. You have to participate or you'll be a big nobody. <laughs> Well, he was a big nobody. That's why he was involved in such a social site with a whopping total of 50 people that were probably scattered around the globe, and all were probably similar, similarly troubled. Obviously, he will go down as the first political assassin, whoever uh, seems to have been influenced by the web. And while speculating about political motives and whatnot is very difficult and need not be done because this guy is going to be tried in court, Troubling to me, by the way, that there are 250 local, state, and federal agents working on this case. <laughs> this seems like a little bit of, uh, pardon the expression, overkill. Uh, this is a fairly open and set, shut case, and it's just a question, really, of, of uh, swatting down the, uh, the, uh, the insanity defense plea that will undoubtedly ensue. Um, I don't believe it. <laughs> the insanity defense plea. Troubled, alienated, lonely. Uh, yes, but confused and sort of uh, living in this dream world that he uh, vaguely talks about repeatedly with political references. I mean, this this is not somebody who's not getting messages from the media uh, to absolve the media or websites completely of any responsibility as a mistake. As I pointed out last week, his, his p political language from his his uh, internet postings the ones that i've read clearly are 
imbued with uh, Ron Paul, Tom, Tom Tancredo, Glenn Beck, the Tea Party, and uh, Sarah Palin. Now, in no way, shape, or form do I think they caused uh, this guy to act. Um, only he knows. Um, but clearly, alienated, lonely, a loser, obsessive compulsive disorders, the whole range of, of problems that young people have. And uh, the real question is, why on earth is our society going to do nothing about this other than rant and rave? Um, thought yeah, that- the uh, gun control is now being called the new third rail yeah. in American politics, not Social Security anymore. Gun control. Yeah, and of course the NRA is a powerful lobby that picks and chooses uh, which people can participate uh, in our political discourse. That's sad, because um, this doesn't have anything to do with the Second Amendment. Uh, I thought Frank Rich put it perfectly when he said, a week on regarding the uh, speculation regarding uh, Jared Lee Loftner's quote lunatic library. You know, the, uh, by the way, I reread the Communist Manifesto just for laughs, and uh, not much violence in it. Uh, there's one reference to overthrowing the existing order. It's actually advocating an eight-hour workday. <laughs> um, we seem to have adopted that quite some time ago yeah. in the United States. It's hardly a radical uh, position. Among other things, it does talk about class struggle and sure. uh, the historical imperative, but it is a pamphlet. Um, Jared Lee Loftner could not possibly have understood the Communist Manifesto. Uh, no evidence that he knew any German, because <laughs> even reading it in translation, it, it, there's a kind of a muddle in there. But anyway, uh, Frank Rich wrote a week on, the denial is becoming even more entrenched. As soon as the president left the podium Wednesday night, we started shifting into our familiar spin-dry post-tragedy cycle of the modern era, speedy closure, followed by a return to business as usual, followed by national amnesia. That that's what we're that's what we're seeing. That's what we're going to see. Um, it's sad, um, but not surprising. And uh, I don't think Sarah Palin's going to be able to redeem her political career tonight on Sean Hannity's television show. I did watch Fox. The news shows for one day last week and uh, didn't have a bucket handy, (laughs) but I needed one. Um, Glenn Beck, to his credit, actually did praise the president later in the week for his speech, Hmm. which I think was one of Obama's best speeches of his presidency. He rose above the fray. Sarah Palin went below the fray into the murky uh, madness of her own uh, tele, uh, uh, internet world of, of Facebook and Twittering and tweeting. Uh, as for the chronology regarding, we mentioned that she can scrub her website in this ridiculous explanation about land surveyor uh, symbols. Uh, the, the chronology is quite clear here. Um, Gabrielle uh, Gifford's office was uh, vandalized uh, in late March. Interesting that the witnesses, the two friends of uh, Loeffner that appeared on 60 Minutes last night that I just happened to catch because it followed the football game, said that his problems began in March of last year, Mm. right when the Tea Party was starting to uh, arise in America. 
right as he was starting to have these outbursts in class uh, that caused him to be suspended uh, with a recommendation that he get psychological counseling. Um, Sarah Palin, um, and, and this followed the health care bill, and I just want to make clear of this chronology here, uh, quoting from Frank Rich, who writes, within hours on Monday, uh, the week following the passage of the health care bill on Sunday, uh, Vandal smashed the front door of Gifford's office in Tucson. The Palin target map and accompanying Twitter dictum to reload went up on Tuesday. Just one day after the vandalism, timing that was at best tone deaf and at worst nastily provocative. Not just Giffords, but at least three other of the 20 members of Congress on Palin's map were also hit with vandalism or death threats. In the MSNBC interview with uh, Giffords on Wednesday, uh, the day after the uh, Palin posting, Gifford said that Palin had put the crosshairs of a gun site over our district, adding that, quote, when people do that, they've got to realize there's consequences to that action. We know that this uh, Loeffler character had some obsession with uh, Giffords, and we know about John Hinckley and Jodie Foster. We also know about the movie Taxi Driver. Interesting that uh, Loeffler took a cab ride to the... uh, shooting. Um, Didn't pay in gold, by the way, though he seemed to be obsessed about it on the internet. Went into the Safeway to get change and gave the cab driver a 25-cent tip. Reminiscent of Lee Harvey Oswald. Incredible. Uh, Who took a cab ride following the assassination. His cab fare was 95 cents. He left a nickel. (laughs) Uh, As tips go, 25 cents is fairly meager. And of course he... Seems to have spent the night in a Motel 6 after having a dispute with his father the night before. Obviously, there are going to emerge to be incredibly weird psychological and uh, Freudian aspects to the father-son relationship. Undoubtedly, uh, armchair psychologists and psychiatrists all over the globe can't wait. I can. (laughs) Well, because at the end of the day, it's largely this alienated losers, easy access to, let's call them weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. I mean, what else is a Glock with a uh, multi-feed clip but a weapon of mass destruction? It's, it's in no way, shape, or form a haunting tool uh, unless your prey are, you know, a throng of citizens. And apparently you can get off 33 shots in seven seconds. Um, the solution that the uh, GOP has offered, by the way, is to arm everyone else. Now, right. it's unclear to me how a teacher uh, in class uh, packing a concealed weapon is going to respond to an automatic weapon. Um, well, after Columbine, of course, there were many on the right who suggested that, well, if teachers were armed, we wouldn't have these problems. But then you have you watch enough Westerns, you know that uh, when you're wearing a gun, you become a target. And so you turn around or write today's lesson on the board and turn around and someone's got the draw on you. Well, then you have to, you know, this is the other argument that the the gun lobbies make is if more citizens were armed, there'd be, you know, more people, good law-abiding citizens around to help uh, protect us all from the madmen who have uh, illegal guns. Uh, 
but then you've got multiple shoots out, shootouts occurring. Yeah, in which the collateral damage, uh, pardon the expression, but it's been used only so going to, uh, during the wars of, yeah. in Iraq and Afghanistan, where, of course, you know... Just an insane premise. Oh, more guns, more safety. No, more guns, more madness. There are congressmen that are openly talking about packing yes. guns in the halls of Congress. I mean, are these people... Where Where is the mental health intervention? Those right. people should be tied up, put into straitjackets, and taken to the lunatic asylum. What, what, what on earth is anybody going to do with a loaded gun on, in, the, in the halls of Congress? Louis Gohmert. Brother. Oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> where art thou sanity? I mean, this is, uh, this is incredible. And... The other thing that's ridiculous about it is there's a kind of a theory that we uh, gather from gun violence that, you know, I don't know what the stats are, but I think I vaguely remember the number 30,000 that the average American youngster sees 30,000 shootings uh, on television or in the movies throughout their uh, young lives. Uh, It seems ordinary. Look, most of us are not going to be able to shoot like Clint Eastwood, the man with no name. Mm. The guy that can hit five guys with his six-shooter before they get their guns out of their holster. But there are people that seem to think that live human beings, um, who presumably are not paid killers, are somehow going to be able to stop somebody like Loeffner, who's got an, uh, who's, who had been practicing, by the way. And who, by the way, was tackled to the ground. He was yeah. not brought down by... A law-abiding citizen with a concealed weapon. Now, tackled to the ground by alert citizens and, uh, ironically, an, an elderly woman who yep. kicked the uh, second magazine aside. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a troubling week, and I think that, yes, amnesia, national amnesia, is uh, what, what has uh, prevailed uh, once again. Well, yeah, and uh, as you say, there's really not much uh, point in belaboring over uh, the, I guess we could call it a gaffe, uh, the blood libel reference. Oh. Just, I mean, the irony, again, testifying to the uh, Republicans' limited capacity to grasp that concept, uh, to use such a term uh, when Gifford herself was Jewish is just... Utterly insensitive. Yeah. I never, mean, it, never mind the word blood itself. I right. Mean, well, it's a historical thing. The blood libel is a specific historical, uh, you know, particularly virulent form of race hate uh, that is not a synonym for false blame or false accusation. Uh, this is a grotesque um, devaluing of the historical weight of this uh, term. Uh, in such a casual way that uh, Sarah Palin demonstrates yet again a lack of uh, any understanding of history, human nature, uh, just remarkable. Yeah, well, she proves over and over Alexander Pope's famous adage, a little learning is a dangerous thing. (laughs) Um, Other troubling aspects of her rhetoric, uh, never mind the uh, phrase about the, you know, we used to settle our disputes with... uh, duels with pistols look we we who (laughs) i think it appears in uh barry lyndon a movie based on a classic uh novel by fielding and of course there's one very famous duel in american history between 
Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. Yeah, just ask Alexander Hamilton uh, or Aaron Burr how successful that feud was at resolving their petty squabble. Yeah, and of course, in, in those days, the, the duel was not um, settling the dispute. It was actually, if, if you go into the history of it, it was really about the insult. Mm-hmm. You've offended me, sir. Yes, my let's, honor has been sullied. Let's... Go settle this out in the backyard, and we'll see who's man, who's going to man up. Right. And, of course, there were the infamous duels where you walked with your backs to one another and turned around and shot. But most duels were actually settled face-to-face with somebody drawing. Dropping a cloth. Yeah, and, and or drawing the first shot. And yeah. it was a question of, are you going to miss or or not? Uh, and once again, people's hands get kind of shaky under real life circumstances. Uh, the man with no name is a, is a movie, right? Brilliant movies, but movies, fantasies, fantasies. <laughs> well, you know, I, and Sarah Palin's just one final thing when she says, "We know violence isn't the answer. When we take up our arms, we're talking about our votes." Now. Who talks like that except a complete ignoramus? Offensive. Unbelievable. Taking up arms. Voting. Associating the two together. Yeah, not a firm grasp on the concept of metaphoric language either. Amazing uh, stuff. Well, and you know, uh, we all live in the world and have come to, uh, each of us, uh, come to our own way of understanding it and assembling it and identifying with what we choose to believe in. Uh, as our wolf is fond of saying uh, about, you know, human culture, particularly American culture, we're all soaking in it. Uh, but we've all come to terms with it in, in different ways, some more sanely and rationally than others. I drove up here today behind a car which bore a bumper sticker stating, gun control means using both hands. That's oh so clever. Uh, and, uh, again, it's that sort of failed humor of the right, um, steady, the steady, the weapons there and, uh, we're under control. But the thing is, nobody has control when there are this many guns floating around. Except Andrew, who of course is in control of, uh, our engineering booth uh, here at WCBN FM. He, he appears to be heavily armed, <laughs> heavily armed. He's armed with signs. Thank God. Placards that are. Telling us it's time to cut out, so we thank him once again for We will have to speak next week about what uh, sort of uh, tedium Governor Snyder may have in his first state of the state this Wednesday. Yeah, that'll be interesting because he's as vague as vague can be. An but, unknown uh, entity. Uh, he's off at least uh, atmospherically to a uh, bipartisan, calm sure. um, demeanor, and we do praise him for that. Uh, because there are way too many that are ratcheted up the rhetoric way too loud, way too hot, and way too heavy. Yeah, too many hotheads, not enough cool thinking and thoughtful reflection. And Rush, why don't you, why don't you cool off in a pool somewhere <laughs> with, with a cabana boy? You know, uh, why don't you take a little dip in Lake Superior? It's kind of cold up there right now. And it hey, might take enough Oxycontin and it feels pretty good, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But we won't talk about Rush. He had a bad week, too. Anyway, Yazoo City Calling, coming up next, right here on this fine station. Okay, we got you, kid. Ready? Hi, I'm Abby Hoffman, on the run, just listening to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor, Michigan.